0: Manchester United podcast. I'm Rich, and on this general election day, when the nation looks likely to become a darker shade of blue, we can be thankful that since last Wednesday, Manchester is solidly red. I'm joined by James to reflect on a match tonight against AZ that, in stark contrast to the high-pressure, high-stakes, bad-for-your-heart games of last week, had a little riding on it and was thus a far less nervy affair and ultimately thoroughly enjoyable. James, how are you? Hello. I'm well. Good. We haven't spoken for ages. No. I've been busy and boy. <laughs> we have been a busy boy. Obviously, uh, Ewan and Paul did the pod after the um, Spurs and City um, victories in the week. So mm. I thought just touch on those as we haven't spoken about them. Did you think before before the Spurs game that Solskjaer was actually under pressure in terms of the, the security of his job?
1: I sort of looked to Twitter for, you know, people's opinions there's a lot of crap on there isn't there i always look at I look at your opinion i i, I you know I, that's what i hold in high regard and people were starting to be. get in. Okay. <laughs> this is very true um and i don't know people were starting to lose a bit of faith i was losing a bit of faith it wasn't it wasn't particularly pleasant and mm-hmm. i thought god if we if we lose these two games yeah it's going to build up and build up and build up and i, I think the big difference with say in the past has been that i sense the players want to win for him mm. and for me i actually quite like the team <laughs> like yeah. i haven't liked yeah. the team for a long like even seeing like this evening and we'll talk about this evening in a bit but just seeing matic and young and matters like oh it just feels old and dated and i, I want to move away from that and start something again uh,
0: did you see those two performances coming You know I didn't, because I said so on the the, the WhatsApp group. Did you? Did you see United actually being competitive?
1: I thought thought we could beat Spurs, because it's Spurs, isn't it? So I thought we could beat Spurs, but I I didn't think we'd beat City. I thought that even though they haven't been bashing everyone to pieces recently, I I didn't. I still wasn't sure. But after five minutes of that game on Saturday evening, it was Saturday evening. I was like, wow. This is good, and maybe maybe mm. it's just because you know City were sitting back, and we're much better against. Uh, uh, sorry, City were coming on to us, which is much better for us. So yeah, I was delighted with that. But you know, two one at the end, pleasing. But yeah, and, and good for Solsha. So
0: yeah, it was. I mean, I think it probably was the best half of football I've seen from United in eons. I would say, um, possibly yeah, a, probably poss-
1: Liverpool away. Um, yeah, <laughs> going back yeah. all those yeah a very when was long that? time When was that nineteen sixty one wasn't it no.
0: yeah it seems like it <laughs> it's um it kind of dispelled this idea that was that was building the United have just got really bad players you know we we clearly don't we clearly we don't have a balanced goal we don't have quality in some areas, but there's clearly mm. an awful lot of talent in in positions that we can we can make a make a big difference there i suppose the the challenge is to transfer that to games where the the opposition sit deep and with a low block and and we have to actually break them down, which is more difficult when you to use pace and you have to use a, a bit more
1: and I think uh, as well it's that's more encouraging especially in the last 12 months I suppose has been that the the signings have actually made a difference being had some kind of strategy possibly you know I don't know what's going on in, in you know we only see everything on the surface and there's lots going on at that football club that's changing but yeah it seems like you know James has been brilliant really a hasn't he so far. He? yeah absolutely. yeah yeah. But you know, being Welsh, you know, that's that's you know that was always going to happen. So it's <laughs> well, no, no, no. But he's been, yeah, he's been really, really good, and he just looks, he just looks like a Man United player, doesn't he, to me?
0: Mm. Yeah, he does. I mean, I, 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 after the Villa game, I was feeling very negative about Solskjaer and feeling that perhaps it wasn't going to happen for him. But the, but the one thing, the one difference, and you, you mentioned it briefly earlier, one of the big differences is that you look towards the end of the Mourinho era, and it's quite clear mm. that the squad absolutely hated themselves and him. Um, mm. you know they, they clearly weren't playing for Reno anymore but you don't get any suggestion from this squad that they aren't doing anything other than that still playing for Solskjaer but it is a very I mean it's a very young yeah. team and, and like as you say one of the things that I've noticed this season that I haven't noticed at United for a long time is that there are quite a few players who are actually improving and we, I, I, honestly United has been the place where players go to die hasn't it really you know you know, talent goes to die and not only will be signed not only did Solskjaer sign three players that Clearly, you're very talented, and he's actually getting performances from. But you've got guys like Rashford and McTominay. <clears throat> Certainly, James has really, really kicked on. Um, and there's, there's a few others, and, and you know the young players as well. You can see them. You can see them really growing a little bit, even if the performances aren't there. And that's that's the one thing I hold on to with Solskjaer. I still think possibly that he's not a good enough tactician and game manager to be successful at, as, at United in the longer term. But the things he's doing outside of the pitch particularly in terms of the vision in terms of the signings in terms of trusting in certain players and moving others out I can I can really get behind quite a few started tonight I have thought <laughs> let's move on to tonight they reminded me we United play a lot of um, quite technically gifted teams in Europe particularly when they come to Old Trafford and often they're they're quite <clears throat> quite handy for the first half they keep the ball well United have often struggled to keep the ball for quite a long time, not just not just since Fergus retired, but from, from before then as well. You got the impression they, they were very comfortable on the ball, they were moving about really well, causing us some problems, but didn't quite have the quality to actually properly hurt us and take advantage of that period of dominance. And you, you I suppose we've seen quite quite often that when you've had first halves like that, the, the extra quality and the effort that the, the opposition have put into the first half to be on top really catches up with them I think Martial had had a really good chance just before United got the first goal which he which he skied over the bar and then United almost immediately took the lead and it was a really really good goal I mean we had we scored three really good goals tonight
1: yeah well it was a lovely bit of play on that on that left hand side fair play and you know for the people who I'm not all that keen on seeing in the team but they did well that was a great finish from Young don't know if you meant it mind but Um, no I'm sure he did no I'm sure he did I'm (laughs) joking I'm being mean no, no, no. He was, yeah, you know, he did. He didn't really. I don't think he played all that well again. Young, he sort of like just takes a side step to the right and then clips it down the line. That's all he ever seems to do anymore. But yeah, mm. good finish. But once he, I just, I just got the impression that once we got sort of like two, they just got, they sort of like heads dropped and that was it. And then happy days then, wasn't it really?
0: They've conceded only. I think they've only conceded eight goals in the legal season. They're second, and it, it's, it's always a big step up, I think, for for Dutch mm. teams, the sort of better Dutch teams, because they're, they're essentially playing against. Kind of League One, League Two teams for the vast majority of the season, and then RZ to me looked like a team that once they conceded a couple, they they didn't know what to do because they didn't you didn't usually mm. concede a couple. But that when when the second goal came, it was an absolutely brilliant goal from a player who just looks ridiculously talented.
1: Well, as I said, he was the only little bit of light in the first half. I don't, know, and the thing is, because you can go either side, you just don't really know what he's going to do. Yeah, and he's got that sort of like languidy sort of leggy style, which is you know he's able to sort of pull it and push it around around his feet, and he's got that ability to sort of go either way, and sort of defenders don't really know what to do. And he took that that second goal where he took it early, didn't he? It's not an easy thing to do that because you have got to get your feet right. So he was, yeah, that was impressive.
0: Well, he made he made made a really really tough finish look yeah, yeah, yeah. really easy, didn't he? I mean, it was he almost just and kind he's, of screwed, he's eighteen, you know? isn't he? <laughs> He is 18 as well. The thing is, he's not incredibly strong. He's still quite, he's still got a, sort of a youth's mm-hmm. body. He's not super quick, but he's got so much talent, so much ability on the ball and he's utterly two-footed as well, which is incredibly rare. And quite a lot of people tonight, but previously as well, have, have made a sort of comparison with, with Robin Van Persie. And obviously it's very, very early to be making <clears throat> making that sort of comparison. But... stylistically they're very similar aren't they i think in in the way they move in the skill on the ball in the two-footedness um and he's what i've noticed as well is you often see when when young players come into the united team they score their first goal the first few goals they score you saw with rashford the first few goals they score they go absolutely bananas because you know they've been dreaming of this all their lives and they've just scored a goal at old trafford and and it's amazing and greenwood i think he's up to six now but every every one of his goals he's just he's kind of run away you know looking pleased but just like yeah i've scored another goal yeah yeah
1: <laughs>
0: it's just it's just like yeah obviously i was going to score more goals yeah. what, what were you expecting
1: they've signed they've signed him up haven't they
0: yeah he did sign a new contract um so he's also now a very wealthy boy as well i mean one of my friends was i, I was eulogizing to him on uh on whatsapp tonight about greenwood and he was kind of mocking me and fishing and looking for a bite and saying, well, he's just the next James Wilson or, or Federico Makader. The thing with me is that he, he just seems to be a different completely different personality. You know, whereas Makadia and Janazai were very cocky, I think, cocky individuals, cocky mm. players, and that's perhaps what held both of them back. Nothing really seems to phase Green, but he doesn't seem to get too excited, he doesn't doesn't get nervy, does he? He's just incredibly level headed and you just get the impression that if he he can stay fit, he could be a really world class footballer.
1: Yeah. Well I get it. that's probably down to the fact of the way they're I say the way they're sort of treated at the club though and brought up with the club in terms of you know, say sense a lot of these young players they walk seem to come through and it's not a big deal that obviously it is a big deal they're playing in the first team, but I don't know, it's it seems like it you know, it's something that they can aspire to. So and I don't know, so it doesn't seem to me like it's such a big deal to them that they can get there. No. You know?
0: And this is what is this, this is one of the things that you know in support in support of Solskjaer is that he quite clearly has changed the culture at the club mm. to to one whereby it's, it's what you do not how old you or how experienced you are but also he's he's absolutely committed to giving these young players a chance mm. and maybe even if he's ultimately not the man who can take United all the way back to the top he's a guy who's perhaps in the right place at the right time for this group of young players that are coming through yeah. and particularly Greenwood but obviously we saw Garner tonight um Williams again. Ethan Laird came on, who's a kid I've been raving about for a few years. I think he's absolutely brilliant. He's been really unlucky with injuries, so it's really good to see him. Yeah, see him yeah, get yeah. A game. He's you, good. You think maybe that even if United aren't anything special over the next six months, a year, however long Solskjaer's here, that there will be some quite significant residual benefit for the guy who, who comes next. Third goal tonight, um, the penalty, again, won by the boy Greenwood.
1: Yeah, he's a pretty clumsy challenge. But I think he just made things happen. He was sent he, you know, Martial went off and he came went more central. Are we happier with him being central or
0: I think the thing is he can do all of those things and he did do all of those things in the in the under eighteens and in the under twenty threes as well. He, yeah, I think he's that multi talented that he Yeah, absolutely he can play. And even as a ten, I think he you know, he played as a ten at times for the for the youth teams. So I mean that what well, that's a brilliant it's a brilliant problem for Solskjaer to have, isn't it? You've got your front your favourite front, front three, but you've got this eighteen year old kid who's incredibly talented, who can basically fit in anywhere along the front front line. And if you look at the other, th- other three players we've got, Martial, James and Rashford, none of those three can really play in all three positions. They're quite specific. You know, Rashford clearly has to be playing off the left now. Martial can, can play off the left, but he, he can play up front. James is clearly in the wide positions, but the one time he was played up front, he clearly wasn't comfortable with that role at all. But they, they've got a substitute who, if any of those guys are injured... Or if they, you know, if someone isn't performing, you've got someone else, someone who can slot in all three positions, and I think he's pro- probably the best natural finisher I've seen at United since probably since RVP. I'd have said. I know the the standards aren't that high in the in the preceding period, but 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 yeah, he's just a natural, isn't he?
1: Well, there was a period in the, like the nineties where we didn't really have big. I'm trying to think. Of, like there was always a time where we had lots of goal scorers throughout the team. You know, we'd had like all the big teams around us at the time had their goal scorers, but we seem to have, like, share the goals out quite a lot during that period.
0: Apart from Van Persie, the, the only other, like... It was
1: Ronaldo, wasn't it?
0: Absolutely goal scoring, and I suppose Ronaldo as well, mm. but he's kind of multifaceted forward, wasn't he? But in terms of, of centre forwards, the, the the absolute goal monster was, yeah, was yeah. Van Nistelrooy. I think we, ultimately, Fergie decided to move away from, from Van Nistelrooy because he was just a really a a finisher and a a very brilliant a brilliant finisher but a selfish one whereas you look at Van Persie and Greenwood they're so multi-talented they can play lots of Mm. different roles for the team it's gonna be really interesting and and the fourth goal was almost almost potentially better than the better than his first goal I thought
1: yeah I think so yeah I don't know I, I was I was just so concentrating on him in the game especially in that first half I was going okay he's doing the only thing really that's doing anything here so when it all sort of kicked off in the second half it wasn't really a surprise but uh, I don't know if I'm trying to put two and two together and getting five that Martial went off and he started playing a bit more with a bit more freedom but it was probably the fact that we were up.
0: I think the game got stretched I think the game just got stretched and now they lost their yeah. shape really badly and they, they, clearly after the second goal went in they just seemed to lose their heads as well they were arguing with the referee and I think the, a couple of them got booked um, and then he just seemed that space was opening up but like, but, but Greenwood was actually dropping into the kind of number 10 mm. hole as well quite often in that second half so it was it was much more fluid front three whereas i think in the first half they've been a kind of more static so
1: 4-0 4-0 happy days move on
0: we've won the group
1: we're seeded so that, that means who are the teams have come in
0: I... I think inter are probably the best the best team to have dropped out oh, let's get lukaku back um, brilliant happy days it was i oh, know it's it odds law isn't it I was it was interesting watching i watched the uh the inter barcelona game and barcelona winning 1-0 and lukaku scored really quite an impressive um, equalizer. It was slightly deflected but I mean it was a really good hit and then thereafter he he was essentially Barcelona's best player. I think he missed three really really presentable opportunities. I saw he,
1: one where he went through on goal. I caught the highlights where he went through on goal and he yeah. kept inside for some reason. No he hasn't got a right foot.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah and they had a goal disallowed as well because he was just kind of loitering offside when um Martinez finished. No, um, and it kind of it kind of reminded me, you know, in a way I still I think we've missed Lukaku's goals. Against the bottom, yeah, bottom fourteen teams, should we say? But in those big games, you see again that he. I, mean, I watched Inter against Roma the, the previous weekend as well, and he struggled in that game as well mm-hmm. against a really, quite good Roma team this year. In fact, he was he was marked out of the game by one Christopher Smalling, who's having a really really impressive spell in Rome. So, yeah. which is quite odd. There have been a few suggestions from UK journalists that United are expecting him to come back, and he. I don't know whether that's a. Uh, a negotiating position or whether they do actually want him to come back. I don't know. Um, But he's certainly playing well enough that you could, you could see him starting next to Maguire. And frankly, the the mess that Jones is who we briefly saw again tonight um, and the inconsistently or consistently inconsistent and inconsistently fit Marcus Rocco as well. You've got to think that bringing Smalling back would probably add, add something to this squad.
1: Rocco, if he does leave eventually, I think he'd be more remembered for that bird toast picture than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> imagine,
0: imagine thinking, yeah, that looks really good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad thing, po-hum. <laughs> right, we've got, we've got Everton at the weekend. Um, I believe Paul and you are going to record a second part to this pod. I'm going to
2: talk about the Everton and Colchester games right now. Hey, hello, how are we? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Uh, Not bad, not bad. Hold on a minute. Uh, Live on air, we've just figured out who our Carabao Cup semi-final opponents are. And they are... Waiting for the Manchester United app to load up. Oh, great. Guess who it is? City. Yes!
0: (laughs) Uh, to To be honest, we've probably got a better chance against City than the other two.
2: The very weird thing about United at the minute is that you are generally quite correct there because against Villa, we weren't very good and Leicester are also quite good. I fancy United to frustrate City for at least, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours, you know, two football matches or what, three hours. So yeah, I reckon we could do that. Why not? Wow. I guess let's uh, let's roll things back before we actually start Mm -hmm. talking about uh, a semi-final that hasn't in sort of game context actually been described yet. Let's uh, nip back to last Sunday against Everton. Um, I mean I guess one of the benefits of uh, the way we do this podcast sometimes we actually plan to record and due to Paul and I both feeling significantly with the weather we didn't really want to but uh, Everton was one of those games where we literally learned nothing new the only two things that I really came away from that game uh, were these two thoughts number one we're still not very good when it comes to trying to break teams down and number two Mason Greenwood is really good
0: yeah I think the Everton game is just about the most predictable game of the season wasn't it you know after after two exceptional results against very good teams you know at home against someone a team that's not very good albeit with a new manager bounce United are going to have the same problems they'd have the previous fortnight against Villa and against pretty much every team that we've been expected to we, or we should be beating all season the thing I you notice most when we play against one of the big teams is that we've we're clearing what we, we what we want to do. You know, we sit very deep and then we break, and that's a very simple game plan that that we obviously executed very well, particularly at City. Again, when we're playing against lesser teams, we don't really seem to know quite what to do. We we know we're not supposed to be sitting back, and because if we do, they don't really come onto us for, enough for us to break. But we are also not proficient enough or confident enough. I don't know to actually to actually dominate play and 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 break a, a compact team down. And Everton weren't even that compact, I don't think. We seem to be stuck between two stools. Not sitting back and not being able to break, but also not being able to build up enough pressure and have enough creativity to actually break a relatively average team down. And when the opposition score first, your heart kind of sinks a bit because that's the situation the United struggle in most when, when the team's got a lead and they don't have to do anything anything particularly crazy. And you know, it's up to United to break them down. And, and, mm-hmm. and ultimately, the result we got against Everton, we got because... Mason Greenwood did a Mason Greenwood, um, <clears throat> as opposed to any any great creative play that we had. It was just a, a really brilliant goal from a really brilliant kid, and that's that's what we seem to rely on when we're playing against teams that aren't going to come out and, and really fly at us.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument for that first goal, I, it, it was pretty tenuous for Lindelof own goal. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, the way in which De Gea had an arm all over him from that corner was not fantastic, and I think... It was a foul, my, I think. Yeah, I mean, if Michael Oliver looks at it again, I think he probably would have shot uh, that goal off. But I think what was more concerning to me, I mean, we know United can't deal with set pieces that well. That That's nothing new to us. And I think you could see that goal coming purely because over the course of the previous 10 minutes, basically gotten us, you know, a handle on the game. You know, for the first 20 minutes, United were playing quite well. They were stretching Villa to a certain extent in that first 20 minutes. Everton. Um, sorry, yes. Everton, beg your pardon. Uh, and yeah, the. It wouldn't have been completely unduly unrewarded had we actually gotten a goal in that first minutes. So the problem was is that we didn't really carry on with that. And as soon as Everton started to apply a little bit of pressure, you could see that United were struggling with it. And, you know, they weren't it wasn't unjust that they got that goal you know yes Calvert-Lewin is all over De Gea and his arm is across him but at the same time you know United just didn't cope with what you know the the pr- 10 minutes that occurred before that and the issue again was that United didn't respond to it too well at the time either you know the rest of that half sort of fizzled out and yeah you're completely correct in the way that the rest of that game went on because it's been like so many other games this season we were almost relying on a moment of magic to get us back into it and thank God Mason Greener provided it because the way that game was going I could not see a scoring and it did take a great shot considering that Greenwood had four defenders or at least four midfielders and combination of Everton players around him to squeeze that shot into the far post past Jordan Pickford. I think he did exceptionally well. He came on and made a real difference. And, you know, it's difficult not to get too excited over him. Yes, he didn't score tonight, but again, he had another great contribution to United's game and overall play. And I think moments like that, when Rashford is struggling, when Martial is struggling, when Dan James can't make anything happen, and when our final ball is just completely off as it was for most of rest of that first half and the second half, it's vital that we actually get Mason Greenwood on to at least try things out and to try and tire out defenders. Because it just wasn't coming prior to that, was it?
0: No, and I think one of the problems you have... Well, there's two problems. If, you, if you're starting with that front three of Rashford, um, Martial and, and James at, at home in this kind of game... We know Rashford's got goals in him at the moment. We know Rashford can create something out of nothing. Martial isn't going to do that as a centre-forward. He relies on space and the ability to run in behind and, and getting the ball into his feet in, in space in the box, in and around the box. And if he doesn't get that, he's largely ineffective. And and the issue you have with James on the right is that he doesn't score from there. He doesn't score from that right-hand side. And without the, the space to, to run in behind full-backs, he, a lot of what... It makes him so effective is is negated, um, and so greenwood's a, a great option to have to, to bring on or to, to use on that right hand side because the unerring way that he finishes on his left foot from that kind of inside right position i mean he did, he's done it three times and he did it three times in about four days, almost the, you know it, to, to a degree almost the same goal, and scoring you know getting it just inside that the goalkeeper's left hand post every time, no back lift just a really crisp clean hit and he's 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 able to shoot from that area of the pitch and from distance more accurately than anyone else united have got at the club i mean i think it's i don't think it's a stretch to say that he's the best finisher at the club that the the what what he needs to develop and what will develop as he as he plays more is just his contribution to the rest of the game Mm. um but i don't think i don't think you'd look at there's nobody in our squad that i think a, a an opposition left back would would fear facing more at the moment than, than greenwood because he can go both sides and he can shoot from both feet and and his finishing is just certainly from that that, that sort of right hand side is is absolutely an
2: I mean there's not really much more to take away from that Everton game really was there. I mean I wasn't massively frustrated with it. I mean it it you know, it, it's difficult to be too angry or frustrated at that result because we've just seen that so much. And I think it further emphasizes the need for us to get more midfield reinforcement more than anything else. You know, a lot of the chat over the last few days has been about Haaland. Not saying I certainly wouldn't have him from Salzburg, but at the same time surely we've got other priorities at the moment you know uh, attacking options are not necessarily something that we lack quality and maybe a little bit of depth but regardless surely the fact that routinely we have struggled so far this season to break teams down when they do set up defensively and try and hit us on the counter. It's got to be a massive concern for Solskjaer going in the second half of the season. And I would really, really hope that he and Wilbur are on the same page, that reinforcements in that area are a massive priority.
0: I suppose the the one thing that Harlan would bring that we don't have at the moment is that he's, I think he's about 6'3", isn't he? He does actually have height in the area. And whilst... I don't know,
2: Dan James is... never
0: mind. while While I think... Harland's a very technical player as well, a very good good player running onto balls and with the ball at his feet. You know, having that extra height at least gives you something to cross to. And at the moment, you can see when our wingers, when our players get wide, our full-backs or Dan James or whoever, we don't cross it very much because we know we've really got nothing to cross it to. So there is certainly an element of, whilst we clearly need more creativity from behind the front three, having another option, having a taller option in the box is certainly... Would give us a another option, perhaps that we've missed since Fellaini. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. But but is missed I, the
2: right word? Yeah,
0: I suppose it's. It, we've had a, that sort of late in the game desperation option that we haven't had since Fellaini. If you know what I mean.
2: Well, that was in the sharper relief tonight as well. In particular, that it did take us quite some time to actually break down Colchester and. You know, I don't want to be too miserable about it. You know, obviously it's lesser opposition and it's a game we should have been winning relatively comfortably, but it did take us a while to actually get that first goal. You know, it was the best part of an hour. And there was an element of naivety from Colchester's part because what they did. I guess it was just defensive discipline that first half in particular because United really didn't give them too much cause to break shape. You know, a large part of that first half was spent watching maddeningly, just watching the ball go from Matic to Pereira, to Young, to Pereira, to Matic, to Shaw, repeat ad nauseam. It was, oh, God, never again. It just was not particularly gratifying to watch, you know. And again, Solskjaer, sorry, not Solskjaer, if Rashford had a, a shooting boots on that first half in particular, then we could have been home and dry, arguably, before the halftime break even arrived, because Colchester just didn't really offer anything. But it was in that one moment in the second half where Jackson, their right back, bombed forward and got a pretty tame shot towards Sergio Romero, completely out of position, and that broke their shape. And the man Matic, he might be in his last few days or minutes playing for Manchester United in his career, but it was a lovely pass to set Rashford free, cut inside several defenders, and then just blasted it in. And as soon as that goal went in, you breathed a sigh of relief. It didn't feel like the previous rounds where, you know, we, we just seemingly capitulated and then bought ourselves penalties. So yeah, it was nice to see us take the initiative there and actually go on and make sure that the result stayed safe. You know, it was a really great cross by Mason Greenwood turned in unfortunately by Jackson with uh Rashford waiting to pounce. And a really nice goal uh is Rashford for uh Martial as well. Martial, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a lovely finish for him. It's nice to see him get a goal as well. And just the whole way that game went, you know, it it could have been a really really frustrating evening for united and it's good that we took that one moment when we got it it's nice to know that we're still incredibly sharp even in games like this where we can find those pockets of space to really rip opponents apart it's telling isn't it that
0: that again we we took advantage of a case where the opposition had thrown a player or a player had gone forward and they were out of shape and we could counter yeah you know again you say as you say when when you're facing and i'm not saying it's easy by any means when you when you you've got 10 players and in, in Two or three lines in front of you, and you have got to get through them. But but we, we we needed them to break their shape to actually break through them, and that's kind of and obviously once once we scored once, then Colchester have to come out a little bit to mm-hmm. to at least try and make the game competitive. So and that's the point when we can break teams down. So it was the kind of same thing, again as as normal that with when we get when we get those opportunities where teams are out of shape, we can be absolutely deadly. But if we can't draw them out of shape, then we haven't don't really know quite what to do with it.
2: I mean, you mentioned this on the first half of the pod that you just did with James earlier on in the week. You know, we've got Watford, Burnley and Newcastle before this year is out in this festive period now. Three games that I think it's fair to say are going to be difficult for this United side. Obviously, we can't bring anyone in before January. What do we do? Because my feeling is that it's going to be run of the mill in the sense that we're going to see a lot of teams sat back defensively. You know, we're going to come up against defensive sides. What do? can we do over the next week or so to try and change things around because the, the to me the, the the solution to that is not obvious
0: no our issues is a multi obviously one of them is personnel and there's nothing we can do about that until the, the transfer window opens and even then whether we do or not you, you never know the other is i think a degree of coaching playing on the counter-attack is a lot easier to coach than intricate fast patterns of play in congested areas that's more about Guardiola's kind of the master of that that's his art you know City picking teams apart with their movement and their quick passing in in tight areas and that's that's what United don't do well so if we're going to bridge that at the moment then it needs to be, if we can't do it with players it needs to be coaching and I suppose the question is if you haven't worked that out now can can Solskjaer work it out i mean i guess if not we just need to hope that we can do something in the transfer window in january that that gives us a different problem we can pose teams from from kind of the midfield or number 10 area
2: Mm, i mean in those games between now and the end of the year your hope is that you know i guess can just weave a moment or two of magic in a game and that'll be enough because i don't think that any of the sides that we're facing between now and the end of 2019 are going to be able to do us well maybe i'm doing them a bit of disservice but i wouldn't expect them us to be completely overwhelmed by their attacking options is what i'm trying to get at so realistically we're going to be spending a lot of those games in possession and it's whether or not we can do enough with the ball to get the goal that we need you know that's frequently been the problem and as long as we don't fall behind as you mentioned as well rich you know that's absolutely massive for us at the minute because there is still that mental block that you know what is it six games so far this season six or seven in the premier league where we've gone behind yeah we've come back to draw but we're still not able to actually Turn those into wins, and that's what's meaning our league position doesn't look anywhere near as rosy as it arguably could be.
0: Well, we've not we've not won a Premier League game, but we've had had more possession than the opposition yet, and we've played eight of the bottom ten, I think, possibly, and we've we've only won two of those games. We've taken eight points from games against teams in the bottom half of the table, mm. and the only the only two games of the, against those sides that we've won were against Norwich and against Brighton, who both didn't play. In a compact way, they came out and tried to play us. Fools. Both those games we cut to shreds because we are exceptionally good at counter-attacking football against teams that aren't in shape. Watford were actually pretty good at Anfield on, at the weekend. They, I mean, they obviously lost in the end to two bits of quality, but they, they actually put up a decent a decent fight in that game. I'm not sure that they're capable of being incredibly compact. I think that there's quite a naivety, naivety to them as well. Whereas you, you'd imagine that Newcastle and Burnley will first and foremost just be very organised and very, keep it very tight. And so, in, in a way, those are the two games out of the three that I worry about more. But it would not surprise me at all if we didn't win any of them. Which nice. Will be in, in, I, mean, you, I mean, it is that ridiculous, isn't it? You know, I, I honestly would... I, when the uh, Europa League draw was done the other day, I said I said that, obviously, we got Club Rouge in the next round. And I said, we'd probably have more chance of getting through if we draw an Inter.
2: <laughs> i mean i guess that works out quite well with that discussion that we're about to have about the carabao cup semi-final you know obviously uh the options were available were aston villa after they tonked liverpool youth uh on tuesday night uh leicester got through against everton in a penalty shootout and obviously our victory over colchester puts us up against manchester city because of course it does but yeah you bang on i mean i don't disagree at all that United find games against a high caliber of opponent when they are forced to sit back and absorb a lot of pressure and try and spring out and take their chances easier. you know. And I think Solskjaer so far has actually been pretty damn good in those circumstances of actually coaching the right approach into his players. You know, Obviously, there needs to be a little bit more variety and we need to have the ability to cut teams down and break through them when they're sat back in that low block as we talk about so often. But, uh, I mean, under different circumstances, it would be completely fine to be worried about these games. And I'm sure by the time we get around to that first leg in early January, which will be at Old Trafford, I'm sure the nerves will kick in, but it's just something to savour. You know, it's been 10 years, It'll be it's coming up now on 10 years since those great uh, semi-final games in the League Cup in 2010. And those are remarkable occasions. You know, Rooney with that last-minute header. I remember being at Old Trafford that night. And I've spoken about it on here before, but it honestly felt like winning the World Cup is a remarkable night an amazing atmosphere and I'm pretty sure given where things are going at the moment there's going to be a lot of pressure on City to make sure that they get through that tie and actually pick up some silverware this season because the league's gone and with them drawing Real Madrid in the last 16 of the Champions League silverware options are looking pretty thin on the ground for Pep this year
0: mm. so much can change can't it between between now and then as well you know there's there's a there's a transfer window in which I'm sure both clubs will be looking to do some sort of business because City desperately need a centre-back at the very least and probably a left-back and United definitely need lots of things but but mostly a midfield so an awful lot could change by then but like I, I'd honestly I'd be less confident or otherwise if we were playing Villa to be honest because I wouldn't trust us to, I, I would trust us to put in a higher class performance against City than it would against Villa um <laughs> Whether that whether that's enough to get you through, but I mean, you know, what a ridiculous situation that we've beaten four of the five teams above us in the Premier League, and we didn't, and we were the only team in this season to take a point off Liverpool, and we've only beaten two of the teams below us. It's just weird, mm. you know, in terms of who we're playing. It doesn't really even matter at the moment because we're just as capable of beating the best as we are as losing, losing to the worst. So, <laughs> hey ho, <laughs> worry about it at the time, I guess. God, that was poetry and motion Richard. that was gorgeous oh, love
2: that I, ever so often I ever know so often, I can't it? something profound right quick score prediction for Watford at the weekend then please 2-1 um, win I'll Michael. go for a 2-1 win but I'm not necessarily very yeah. confident about it I'll tell you what I am no. confident about it, though. what? thanking our listeners yes yes indeed and Merry because Christmas it... all oh yeah that's a very good point yeah this is probably gonna be the last episode of uh, 2019 and definitely the last one prior to christmas because you know i'm busy anyway guys thank you so much for listening to us this calendar year 2019 and indeed all of the years if you have been doing so don't forget you can always get us all over twitter should you so wish you can get rich at at rich red voices you can get me at you and the pod at red voices m u f c and don't forget our blog at redvoices.net and the podcast can be found on soundcloud on stitcher on spotify and the apple podcast app if you're feeling so generous you know more than welcome any sort of iTunes reviews you can provide which certainly help get us at the rankings and get more people listening to us which is always fantastic and we will speak to you in the new year cheerio